Welcome to the Burnt Creator Podcast, a resting place for creators who want to overcome and prevent burnout while gaining valuable insights on how to cultivate peace, clarity, and wealth in their lives. I'm your host, Ashley Warren, and I'm so honored to connect with you. This is a community for anyone and everyone with a desire to bring something meaningful into existence. Join us as we explore our deepest selves and our truest potential. Ever so often you meet amazing leaders online. I've been so blessed in doing this podcast that I've met so many so far. And today we meet someone who is not just full of knowledge with over two decades of experience, but also full of wisdom, resilience, and transformation. She's carved triumphs out of traumas and elevated elite performers to unparalleled heights. Gear up for literally the most incredible conversation with elite performance coach, trauma specialist, and the voice that inspires thousands, Annalie Howling. What's up, guys? We are back, and I have a new friend. Uh, Hi, I've been stalking you on Instagram. You're so amazing, and I just want everyone to know about you and what you're sharing with the world. So tell us everything. Who are you? Thank you. So I am Annalie Howling, Ashley's best friend, and from Instagram. So we've connected there as well. And I'm a performance coach. I specialize in trauma therapy as well, using EMDR as a technique to reprocess trauma in individuals that I work with. And then more and more and more, due to our connection, have just been doing more in the sort of the online space, creating content and uh, just looking at ways to help people shift themselves from a place they might find themselves stuck, really. So that's, uh, that's me. I love it. I love that. Yeah, it's so important, especially as creators to find our people, you know, and I think that was the most refreshing thing when we connected. Obviously, it was like, you're so intelligent. I just love how much you share online that I wanted everyone to also witness. Uh, But connecting with you just as a human as well, I think finding another entrepreneur that's so like minded is very necessary. And so when you find those people, you want to hold them close because they will help you become a better creator. So how do you recommend basically people find their community? Do you know, it's a really good point that you've made and thank you, by the way, because I I love our connection. And it's a a really good question because this this wasn't my job. You know, I have my job, my business, which is sort of doing coaching, like leadership coaching with organizations and private clients like C-suite and then seeing individuals maybe from doing some trauma work and, and things like that. So creating content was not my job you know and it wasn't sort of where I started so it's actually quite um it can be a little bit intimidating you know a where to start finding yourself and then you get a huge amount of approaches I mean you know the amount of um kind of fake stuff that you get through and and it takes a really long time to try and work out who is authentic who isn't and yeah like do make those connections actually because this was a this was an industry that I've never been familiar with I wasn't PR by background or media or anything so it was actually quite a a new um experience for me altogether and and being connected all at once to a lot of people and working out who kind of is for you and who isn't but I would say it's probably the same as my personal life I'm a very very private person incredibly private I like to have quite a close circle who I can be completely myself with and my friends will refer to that usually as being fairly unhinged and I think that that's where I've also found people that you know very quickly in an instant conversation like you and I we, we connected privately that was an instant this is my person like me completely myself here and there's a people that have had the privilege of maybe we've done a podcast together probably more it's come from that we've maybe had quite a deep conversation and you find out that we've 
shared some either experiences or things that we're interested in, like education and stuff that we're looking to maybe do some development work on. And also just what is the goal maybe of your business? Because if that's not aligned, then there are some things that I maybe can't be a part of as much as I might like the individual personally there's maybe some businesses that that don't sit with my ethics and my values so I would say to people perhaps starting out in creating or continuing there and looking to make connection what are your personal values and then I take them forward into into business relationship as well and I'd rather have friendships and partnerships in in both with people that I I trust and respect and allow into my life allow into that private space that's so beautiful because like knowing yourself is so important, not mm. just to survive, but also in business as a digital entrepreneur, as a content creator, because I feel like that's where a lot of issues stem yeah. from. And oftentimes people are engaging with audiences that are not most suited for them. Yeah. And when things don't go the way that they hoped they would go immediately, you want to quit. And ultimately it's like you're disconnected from yourself. So how do you like combat that? Like what would, what would you say professionally? How do you come back to yourself and really define this is who I am, this is who I serve, these are the goals, these are the community members that I want to reach? What are those spaces? It's it's so hard to do. I think just listening to you there, the thing that was coming up for me was anxiety, because that's how anxiety feels when it manifests, which is I'm trying this, I've got to figure this out. What's that person thinking? How will this be received? How will I be received? You know, if you're feeling anxious in a situation, let's say a social situation or um dating or something like that you know bring it close to home you know there's you you're trying to second guess and figure things out and that is anxiety like a definition of anxiety is the inability to access the present moment so you can either be going going over the past coulda woulda shouldas if we put this into this context or why didn't I change that post or why didn't I post that on that day and then anxiety with future pacing is um, catastrophizing about the future, but oh, well, what if this doesn't happen? So just listening to you speaking there, that that was what was resonating for me, a sensation of anxiety. And so all I can say from the work that I've done, particularly in Instagram, is you know, you have to be able to step away from trying to intuit what anybody else might be um wanting, should we say like the likes and the algorithm and stuff like that. When I've spoken really authentically for how I feel, that's when it seems to be really connecting and resonating with the audience. Like there's never a day that I haven't got a message from someone saying that's exactly the position that I'm in right now. And that may not be the same for anyone else. And that's okay. And the way that I've learned to keep my ego out of it the whole time, like the inner critic, you know, like myself and not feeling great or, you know, whatever, um, is to say to myself that as long as I do or say one thing that helps one person, I've done a good job. And that's it. I don't need to worry if it's, you know, for everybody. And thankfully now people are beginning to, to you know, find things and like YouTube. It's a bit more evergreen so people can find it when they need it the most. But I don't know about yourself, but I create a lot of the content in advance. So I will write these posts off, you know, a month in advance, try and manage my time a bit better and things like that. But it's incredible, actually. I do think there's like something in the universal algorithm at times that even if, when I've written, and it's deeply personal usually in that moment, very, very personal, either from someone I've worked with or something that's happening to me or people in my friendship group, something like that, then when it comes out publicly, you know, and the polished version comes out a month later, it's still having that impact. So I think there is, again, just speaking to being with what is true for you and. If you're feeling anxious, that's when 
you know it's not good to me. If I'm really in a space of like anxiety and it's it's killing my creativity and frankly taking away some of my soul, I stop doing it. I might write stop, step away from this. And then when I'm ready to go back into that space, it's when I produce it again. I love that. I mean, yeah, ultimately, I think just in hearing you speak, and this is professionally, maybe that's what it's even called, but that's not my space. Like, in, like anxiety is just a disconnectedness from yourself, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. So when you're able to come back to yourself, it's really about you. Like, like you feel so authentic in how you present yourself online. And if you ever get the chance to meet Annalie virtually or in person, I'm sure it's the same. And that's so beautiful. And I think, you know, you built such an impressive following of people that love to engage with you for that reason, because you're so honest and authentic with this is who I am. And this is how I feel I can help you. And this is what I have to share. And ultimately, when I look at your page, it's so reflective of that. Also, I feel like you're helping you often just as much as you're helping anyone else. Yes. And when I read your content, it's like, ah, she wrote this for herself. And it's also going to help someone else. And I feel like as a content creator, that's where we thrive, you know, writing and helping ourselves, ultimately helping our community at the same time. And I just think it's amazing to see you do it so beautifully. And I think you find satisfaction in, you know, if I help people, that's amazing. But ultimately, I'm getting this out because I know this is part of my calling. And I think the more that we do that as creators, the more people we will help. And ultimately, we'll be more satisfied with our jobs. Definitely. It's funny because it's like those universal truths. I think that's what I'm discovering. And my team that I work with are much younger than me. I was talking about this the other day on a podcast, which is so nice. And, um, you know, it's really great for me and get so many new ideas. And it's just brilliant to work with them. Their energy is incredible. But it's incredible if, I, if I'm if i talking, you know, we're, we're doing a video, we're filming all day tomorrow, we'll film here at my house. And uh, the way we go about it is we'll sort of come up with something or we get asked questions a lot and we'll use that. And I'll say to them, I'll be like, guys, what, what are you experiencing right now? Like, how is this showing up in your friendship groups or your relationships? And they're like 22 and 25, respectively. And it's incredible how it might be a slightly different context, like being divorced or single parenting or, or, or whatever, slightly different, you know, kind of context. But we experience the same cycles, like these universal truths of feeling lonely, of feeling disconnected of lacking purpose breakups heartbreak grieving something um not having people cheer for you you know when you are then being sick i mean that is hardcore so you know and these things when they're repeating themselves in cycles it also gives me some time to reflect back on you know maybe when i was facing those challenges at those points in my life but yeah it's amazing how many cycles you're absolutely right i write it for me about me usually and it's completely me coaching myself a lot of the times like you're going into a new experience in your life and then stuff comes up and I'm like you know I'm never going to be done exactly exactly you're never ever done yeah so it's it's really great to be able to actually tap in with my team and then we're sort of uncovering some of these more I think yeah universal truths or universal patterns that just do that just will continue to exist perhaps and if we can shine a slightly different light on them then I'm happy with that. I love it. I think the work that you do is so beautiful for so many reasons, but I think you do a really good job of celebrating the good and the bad in life because we need both in order to move forward. And I feel like sometimes we forget that. And I love social media, but I also hate it as well. We've talked about this privately. It's the highlight reel of your life. And sometimes if you're like in a bad place or you're super discouraged, if you scroll through social media, you're like, everyone is doing such cool things. My life is so boring or I'm not growing. My engagement is down. I can't get a partnership. I can't get this. I can't get this done. This person is doing this. Like, why can't I do that? 
What do you say to that person? Because that happens so often. I mean, I've been that person. We love the savage honesty. (laughs) So last year I had a shadow ban for, I think it was nine months because there were so many accounts that impersonate me which are really cruel and they impersonate me and they target my followers. It's very clever. So as soon as I get a new follower, the fake accounts target them and then they will contact them and say, it's me from a slightly different account. And would they like a reading? And I feel their soul and all of these sorts of things. And they block and report me as being the fake account. So last year I was hemorrhaging. I was hemorrhaging over a thousand followers a month because I was on a shadow ban. So none of my content was going anywhere. And that was for about eight months. And I contacted Meta so many times and, you know, we we did all this stuff. So you just have to kind of accept that I can't control it. There's this incredible podcast. I think we talked about it with James Clear and Tim Ferriss earlier in the year. And he just said, look, you never own the algorithm. And it was such a like leveling reality for me because, you know, you have some posts and some stuff happens like you do not own that algorithm and uh yeah that was a that was a big reality it was hemorrhaging for a really long time and then we knew as soon as it had stopped because I could start seeing where my content was being shared again I couldn't see anything it was like feeling in the dark so actually going back to what you were saying I just had to keep going with something that was true to me and really authentic to me when I knew it wasn't going where it should have been it was beyond my control. It wasn't fair at all. You know, it's quite literally the opposite of that. <laughs> it was insane. I mean, I've heard people complaining about three months and I'm just like, dude, I'm so sorry. Eight months and you continue to produce content. That's so impressive. Yeah, some people unfortunately also did pay money to these to these people. They're targeting really vulnerable people a lot of the time as well. And it's just, you know, they're very good with these campaigns and they're very persuasive people. I mean, that was worse. I knew that people had unfortunately paid some money and and that felt much worse to me you just have to keep going with this sense that okay well I started this with the the premise to help people like you know doing one thing to help one person I'll just keep doing that it all came about on got unlocked so yes if if there's someone listening that's finding themselves there I've been there (laughs) and yeah and it just it did unlock you know so and I, I think but it was a very good, hearing that podcast was excellent, actually. It was, it's brilliant if any creators haven't heard it. I think it came out in January of this year, 2023, and it's James Clear from Ferris. Um, but he is a masterclass, frankly, in content, in, because he talks about how, I mean, Atomic Habits is consistently in the best-selling lists of every, you know, never leave. And he, James Clear says that the way that book kind of came about was he was just writing blog articles on his website and there happened to be a journalist that picked up an article that he wrote two years before and said have you thought about writing a book and as it happened he'd been working in the background but that wasn't for anyone in particular that was a blog on a website that wasn't getting millions of views and now James Clear I think his newsletter subscriber list is two million people get his newsletter which is incredible. And he says that's because, you know, the newsletter is something he can control along with his website and maybe a bit more of YouTube and as opposed to, say, the algorithms. But he, yeah, you keep going and you have to have some of that belief, but also that you're creating this for yourself and the right tribe and the right people and the right opportunity will find you. That's so beautiful. I mean, that I feel like it's so unnatural to like the consistency and the dedication that is required to do anything worth sustaining, any, anything worth meaning in life. Uh, I mean, you know, we talked, uh, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about how unsexy it is to get in shape, you know? Yeah. 
And it's just like, you got to do what you got to do. And the same thing is with being a content creator. It's, it's not fun all the time, you know, to consistently put out content, to consistently engage, um, you know, knowing that maybe only one or two people commented or you spent two hours on this and no one loved it as much as you thought they would. That's just part of the process. And you have to grow to appreciate that and almost just love that process more than the end result. Completely. And I think sometimes it's like, I think that's why I've, I've perhaps one of the balances that I've learned is to to only do it when I, I, and if I'm feeling really creative, like let's spend days on that and bank loads of content and there it is. And like tomorrow my team will come and we'll do a bank of content that will be filmed. So when again, some of the um, YouTube videos are coming out or the reels that may have been filmed three months ago, but we're not releasing it until now. But if I'm in that um, place, let's just go and get as much out as possible. And the same for writing. You know, I, I actually was away last week and I read 4,000 Weeks, which is a brilliant book by Oliver Berkman. And the premise being that if you live until you're 80, that's 4,000 weeks on this earth. That's it. So it's kind of a bit of a reframe about how you spend your weeks, who you spend your time with. But one of the, the biggest takeaways for me, and I was totally guilty of doing this, was if I had a big task, let's say like writing content and captions and posts that I would want to have a perfect day for that so I'd clear my diary the washing would be done you know my house is you know all the little jobs the errands are out the way phone British Airways and other things that I need to do you know so everything's put down ready to create I've cleared that day just for this but the reality is there is no such thing as like a perfect day or the perfect conditions like someone will come around unexpectedly the phone will ring or I might have made this day and I haven't got it in the tank at all and you can't force creativity it just isn't it isn't something that can be forced so a, a big takeaway for me from that was that it doesn't need to be perfect if you've got any time at all and just rather than trying to create this day where you'll keep putting off this really important task until you get perfect conditions which don't often exist it's really better to kind of keep chipping away from it I keep notes on my phone all the time and I I voice note myself that's one of my favorite things that I found you can do voice noting myself all the time when I'm walking or driving and just kind of collecting all of that together rather than anything needing to be perfect. And that that's a big takeaway, actually. It's been helpful. I love that. I think that's so valuable to any creator listening to this because I feel like, you know, the goal is to put something out every day, right? To have content out there every day, but some days you just don't feel it. So it's like, what do you do then? Do you put something out that doesn't feel representative of who you actually are? So, you know, I'm such a firm believer when you feel great, spend an hour, spend two hours creating your content for whatever, whenever you may release it, you know, there's no set formula on you post today, you post it today, you post it this time, like I guarantee you're going to get to a million views. That just doesn't exist yet. Maybe one day we'll get there. Um, every account is different. So you might as well do something that makes you feel happy. Absolutely. And then as, as you know, as well, the, the trends that, I mean, there are sort of some trends, which I think to stay away from trends is important because, you know, again, if it's inauthentic to you, but I think you can get a feel like almost a temperature of what people and things are. And I was, you know, I do about trauma and healing. Obviously I do some posts about and I do some energy management mentally, like where we put our energy, but I did see someone share something the other day and it was someone just saying they were just deadly sick of, um, trauma being used for everything. You know, you're not always in a trauma response. Sometimes you're just having a really crap day. And actually I was, had, I think I'd been sort of feeling the same way about some, maybe even some of the things creating is that, you know, it's really important this education and, and I really will still 
talk about it to anyone that will listen, you know, the trauma response. I think it's very important. But I agree, you know, sometimes you're just having a rubbish day. Sometimes that person is deeply toxic and you shouldn't be around them. Sometimes that job is killing you, you know, and it's okay to do the difference. So, yeah, I think that's a, a shift that I can sort of feel coming down the line as well is there's, you know, some different energy coming in probably the next few few months of this year as we as a collective move along as well. So uh, I enjoy that too, sort of lean, and it's it's maybe reassuring sometimes where I've perhaps been like, oh, I don't feel like writing that today. And then you see something, you go, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. I mean, I feel that too. I feel like what I've been noticing online is there's so much content about peace right now, like finding your peace. It makes me so happy because I'm like, that's how I feel internally. I feel like, you know, at the beginning of the year, definitely last year, it was all about go, 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 build your empire. And like, I'm here for that too. But right now I'm just looking for peace. And I feel like so many people are. So what do you say to that person that's just like, yes, I want to make my content better. I want to grow my company. I want to grow my business. I want to be successful. I want to reach more people. And I want to, you know, make a decent income doing this job. But ultimately, I don't want to sacrifice my peace in the process. Hmm. Well, I think, you know, how we talked earlier about what makes you feel anxious, you know, kind of the opposite of that is going to be your peace. And I'm not willing to do anything fake. Like, I'm just not willing. One of my favorite sort of, I think I'm going to get this wrong, but like kind of a quote or something I read was that if you never tell a lie, you don't have to remember anything. So you saying earlier, like, you meet, you meet me anyway, you're going to get the same person. There's no, there's no difference. Um, you know, so I, I like, for me, peace is being authentic. For me, peace is being quite unapologetic. For me, peace is just speaking, you know, my experiences. And if I don't want to do something, I just almost can't now. It's like energetically, my, my energy will go through the floor. If it's something that is just really unaligned to who I am or what I'm doing, I can feel it. I can feel that it's going to be a real struggle for me to do that thing, like to kind of motivate myself to get there. So to me, that's not worth my peace because I need my energy for my daughter or things that, you know, people that I care about, activities I want to do, stuff that's important to me. So if something is costing you your peace, I would look at your energy in that. And, you know, where can you best repurpose that? You and I are talking from people that have had big burnouts, you know, both of us and other people listening. And you can keep tapping away and hammering away and forcing yourself. And sometimes we have to, like there, are, there have been too many days when I've sat here at 10 o'clock at night, you know, a lot, a lot, you know, like I have clients and I'm based in the UK and it's fine. You know, sometimes it has to happen and it's, it's okay, but I can't continually do it if it's something that I don't believe in or it's unaligned to me and it will end up costing me not just my peace, but my energy, my health and potentially damaging you know, connections, because I'm not able to show up properly. So to me, like, what's the, what's the price I'd put on that? It's too high. So I'd rather find smaller pockets of being authentic. I'd rather find different options to uh, partner. I'd rather wait for the right opportunity and say no to the wrong one. And it's scary. And I'm, you know, I support myself, like there are times when the mortgage really needs to get paid. And you're like, but I physically cannot work with this person or do this thing like it's just going to cost me too much oh that's so good literally like that's all we get in life right like that's all you have that is simply just yours your peace you have to protect it at all costs. yeah you have to protect it because it's so hard i feel like to keep it and so you have to look at it as it's your most precious gift to yourself almost like i must cherish this 
I must do everything that I can to protect this for me. Because ultimately, if it's protected, then I can better serve everyone else that I love and everything else that I believe I'm called to do with my life. Totally. I'm pretty sure that I heard a Brene Brown podcast recently. I was flying back from LA, actually. And uh, she talked about how someone can't take your peace unless you give it to them, right? So basically boundaries. But, you know, somebody can't cost me my peace unless I allow them. If I give them access to me, you know, I said I'm very private. Like if I give too many people access to me and they've got, you know, whatever, and I'm sharing too much, then they, then they potentially could take my peace. But I gave it to them. So, you know, where do I take accountability and responsibility for my own peace? What is it that I need to do to cultivate and protect that? What self-care rituals, what people, places and things serve my peace and cultivate that and what do not? And someone cannot take that from me unless I allow them. And I think that that's, you know, perhaps this shift change that we're feeling as well about holding on to your peace. And it's different. There's a lot of like crappy boundaries talk. Oh, it's my boundary. I'm just speaking my truth. Like, Is it that though? I mean, again, it's about responsibility to me. So if somebody is sort of flippantly chucking boundaries around and speaking their truth and they're causing harm, me that's that's you know we can be we can put a boundary and we can still be really kind and we can still be really honest and if we're talking about peace I don't think it's peaceful to be um unnecessarily unskillful to me that's not peaceful so sometimes we do need to let people go like I've done it you know and you can do it with you can do it with peace and with grace it doesn't need to be this well that's my boundary and with no further explanation it's effectively kind of ghosting and and it's 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 quite unskillful I think most of the time it comes from being conflict avoidant. I don't think people are bad. I think people are, are concerned about how it might be received and therefore this is potentially how it can come across. But I think if you're doing something peacefully in honor of either yourself or another, it should probably feel that way. I mean, yeah, I think that's the whole like hiding behind the scene. Like you can say whatever you want to people. I mean, I always laugh at the phrase, be brutally honest. Like, I'm like, why does honesty have to be brutal? You know, why can't it be graceful? Why can't it be kind? And I think that goes back to boundaries. Like as someone who lives their life online, I think you personally have immaculate boundaries with social media, with your audience, and people still feel like they know you. So how did you cultivate that? Because because you said something earlier, you know, you're very private, but you're still so open. How did you find that balance of sharing with your community, but also saving things just for yourself? Yeah, I think probably just reflecting on it now, I'm very happy to talk about my experiences because they're maybe not current to me right now. So it's probably like there's been a bit of time between, say, you know, I talk about my divorce or like some of the healing work I've done or childhood trauma, you know, so there's been enough distance where and my direct community or group of people that I choose to spend time, they they know that, you know, so I'm not breaking news to them. And again, how I write something just purely because of timing and banking content and when I'm creative, it's again, there's usually been a period of time where I've processed that, you know, whether I've needed to go to my own therapist or talking things through or, or my experience. So I think that it, there's a, a bit of distance, which naturally makes it easier for me to speak about. I do feel a bit of responsibility as well, like I say, just to sort of be honest and authentic. There's uh, 
you know, I don't necessarily, I don't come from a traditional background. I come from a corporate background and I was so broken. I just found things to help me heal myself. And now I'm able to help other people with that. So it's not like I went into training in sort of healing modalities, first of all, like I've come at this in other ways. And my credibility, I guess, comes from life experience as well as, and finding interventions that work for me. And I feel that there's a responsibility to talk to some of those experiences. Because again, they're just so universal. When I talk to people about burnout, about you know, being in a job that was killing my soul, but I was so successful and inverted commas and celebrated, you know, um, leaving a relationship that on the surface to everybody else was perfect, but was quite far from that. And and it was, you know, all of these things, I think, speak to people. And I just know that at the time when I was looking for potentially someone saying some of the things that I am, I, I, I couldn't necessarily find it. And so I feel there's a bit of responsibility if I, again, can help one person by speaking about my journey, my experiences, things that I've done, then I'm here to share that. I'm an open book in that regard. I'm a real, like, you know, cheerleader for people that want to do something and change because then you pay it forward. You know, I have people step in and help me. I've learned things that have changed the trajectory of my life and how I feel about myself and how I'm able to connect and, you know, relationship, all of these things. So if I can help someone kind of like speed it up and say, look, if you're really in that place where I was, have this, because hopefully that will help shift you along as well. I think there's an element of responsibility if we can help another with that. So I think that's how, I think also I just know that I like to keep myself in a fairly sort of, you know, tight. I've got lots of friends in loads of places, but I like to keep my connections quite tight. So it's, me to be able to be completely free and whoever I choose to spend time with they get to see you know all of me totally unfiltered and there's there's no secrets kind of either way and then I have quite a good I suppose boundary or to to everything else I love that so you mentioned your burnout that you had like this massive burnout can you tell me a little bit about it and how you are now here today completely different yeah of course so I uh was approaching 30 I was, I remember I was living with my, who was then going to become my husband, so boyfriend at the time. And we're both working in London, both living in London. I had this huge job. I was very successful and then just started feeling, you know, not great. So a bit ill. So you do all this stuff where you're like, well, I'll go and get a food intolerance test. You'll go to the doctor. You know, they'll tell you to, I don't know, have some electrolytes or something or whatever. You start doing you start sort of doing the bits around the edges and you're like, I'm actually really not getting better. I think of anything, I'm getting a bit worse. And you know, effectively I was doing absolutely everything except facing the enormous elephant in the room, which was that my job was so unaligned with who I was, the industry, um, the the hours, the nature of it. I mean, I used to work in construction and property, and this was way before me too. And it was a very toxic, very, and I was uh, rewarded not for my MBA in economics, but I was rewarded for how well I could entertain clients. How late, you know, you had to stay out until the last home, but you had to be back in the office before people came in because apparently I was lucky and privileged because I had a job in sales. So I'd be in at 3 a.m., but back in the office so that the other guys would like me because I was the problem, you know. And then, uh, yeah, the expectation was extraordinary you it was a very tricky industry to work in I made some incredible friends I had a great time and I'm still you know still got some wonderful now but it was killing me and you know you had this big paycheck and I had this wonderful network that I'd worked so hard to create and I was very well respected and 
uh, when you get to that place and you kind of, you want to believe the hype, right? You know, it's like you want to believe. And then it's like being in a toxic relationship. You know, every year the clock resets because you're in sales, you get the targets again. And you want to believe this year it'll be different. This year it'll be different. I was promised to move to the States. I was promised all these things I desperately wanted. Like, you know, I'm sitting and I had this moment when I used to use one of my books for my MBA as a laptop stand in the office. And I had this moment, I just thought, if I don't get out of here now, I never will. And my boyfriend at the time, we're in the kitchen at home and we were both playing this extraordinary game that no one ever gets to win. And uh, a few of the listeners will probably know this, which is you have this comp- like competition about who's the most tired and like why. <laughs> yes, yes. I play with my partner sometimes too. So yeah, and I, I just remember having the, this moment and looking at that book and just going, if you don't do something now, you never will. Like you've got to get out of here now, basically, because it was alluring. You know, every year the, the bonuses and everything else. And it was, uh, yeah, and I, I just knew I had to make the break. And I had a coaching session with one of my best friends who is still a, a wonderful coach. She's exceptional. But at the time, especially in the UK, I mean, this is like 12 years ago. 12 13 14 years ago and it was very weird coaching it was like woo woo and everyone was a bit odd and who you know, it wasn't the kind of thing that it is now where having a coach is like having a personal trainer and everyone has a coach and it's great it wasn't seen like that it was super weird and everyone must have dream catchers and like what is this weird stuff but my friend did this incredible guided visualization with me and i remember it to this day and so much of it has also manifested to this day despite yeah, it was exceptional. And as soon as she'd done that for me, it was so different to anything that I'd experienced. You know, it's very different to going on a training course, which is where you're told what to do. But coaching is an internal experience. Obviously, it's your subconscious and you're connecting deeply with yourself and your desires. And I don't think I'd had that space. And the burnout really was me moving so far away from my own shore. You know, we've talked about this and your listeners will know it's it's when you move so far away from what is your the role of my soul I was so far from that and that's why I was burnt out you know and I wasn't intolerant to gluten I was intolerant to my life but you almost wish not true it is like this toxic relationship you almost just wish it can't be can't be this and the scary thing is as you'll know, and as the listeners will know, is it wasn't like I had the prepackaged answer next to me. It wasn't like, right, okay, well, you're going to leave this industry and this job and everything you've trained for and all the years you've put in and every single client you've killed yourself to get. And But it's great, don't worry, because you're going to be super successful doing this thing now, which is right here. That That wasn't there. So you have to kind of take a bit of a leap and just start on that path. But like honestly rebuilding myself again in the process physically mentally and definitely spiritually that's incredible like do you remember i don't know like the first month where you were like i'm going to completely change my life like how terrifying was that or how freeing was it yeah i do so i decided that i wanted to find everything out about this coaching thing this like you know what is this what is this magical wonder so I enrolled in a the course in the states in San Francisco which where she trained and I was like right I'm going to do this I'm going to do this in the best possible place and have the best experience the best exposure because I am a type a so I'm like I still need to go and achieve I'm going to do it the best way possible and then I knew that I needed to leave my current job so I, I found another company a competitor business where and I was very honest with them I said look I'm only going to do this for a year I'll set up the desk effectively in, in what I did 
I'll come and set up the team. I'll set up, I'll bring my contacts. I'll set you up. We need to just both know that I am going to leave after a year. And they were great. They were lovely. So yeah, so they knew that I was, it wasn't a long-term thing. I would, I would come and I would establish this business for them here. And then I would move on. But yeah, the first month was definitely kind of, you know, mind reeling because there was a lot of things in that vision that perhaps I wasn't quite ready to internalize. Um, it was exciting because when you see something new, it's so exciting and so visceral. But like I say, it wasn't like the the answer was here. So it was really beginning to kind of unpack a lot of stuff, I would say was the first. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like everyone has the same, but totally different story. Like when you go through something that changes your life, uh, like when I had my my burnout and I was going through it and, and recovering, I was like, oh, I'm excited, but I'm also terrified because I've only known how to live this way for my entire adult life. So, you know, I'm like looking back, I'm like, how long have I been on this road towards like this doom of burnout? And I think it's difficult, you know, you enjoy learning how to be better at it and how to serve people better. And so I think it was so hard to come to a place where I was like, you know, how I'm doing things is just not for me anymore because I do enjoy it. And because I am good at it. And so it's so conflicting. And like, what would you say like to someone like me or, or maybe to your younger self or someone who's listening that's in a similar predicament where they kind of feel like maybe they need to change, but it's so terrifying because it's like all you've ever known your entire adult existence, or maybe that's like the road you've been going down. And ultimately now it's not serving you. So for me, I mean, I grew up in a household of violence as a child, unfortunately. So there was always a bit of a race to get the F out of there because it was really dangerous for me. So there was never a backup plan. So it wasn't like I could move home. <laughs> like I couldn't move home. You know, there was no opportunity for me to go home and move in with my parents and say like something out of a, you know, be able to create something from a kitchen table. That wasn't possible. So I had to continue earning money. So you saying it's good at what I did. I mean, I was, but I had to be. It wasn't because I necessarily loved it. Like I had no choice and I had to keep pushing so hard to make sure that I'd keep getting better, to be able to buy a house myself, to be able to, you know, put the property, to be able to, I had to be the person doing that because there wasn't this backup plan for me, which, you know, you reflect on stuff. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. It's where I am. That is my life. Like I, I accept it was a huge drive and I had it, but it was from trauma and it was from just a household violence it wasn't a safe place for me to ever be able to go back to it's never been an option so I had to sort of survive so I think that also probably kept me going a lot of it you know it gives you this this like but you're running you're running you're you're trying to outrun something that eventually we have to come to that was my burnout going stop stop like putting on the back of my jumper stop now and you're safe enough now you need to now you have to stop this because this life is not for you and it's gonna like you and then the same friend actually when we had the coaching session I remember saying to her darling I've got this really niche like network and I've I've killed myself to meet these people and get these people and get to the the top of where I am and I'm going to lose it all you know like to your point I'm going to lose it all I just said you'll never lose you'll never lose it like you'll never lose it you'll be amazed at what happens and how it may be used in the future and she was right and that's actually how I started the transition from my old career into coaching was I started doing sessions with people from you know who were going through the same thing as me because I know that industry so well wow because I've sat there I've had a burnout my relationship suffered my friendship suffered my health was through the floor so when I'm now sitting you know with c-suite and in boardrooms like that's not a scary place for me so I think that there's something in that you know you maybe don't know why at the time or how 
but it's always repurposed. You know, me writing now about burnout, us speaking about it, I, I can do it so well. And I think it connects in content because that was my experience. And had it not have been, I probably couldn't have this connection now. Same with childhood violence, wouldn't choose it, but it probably is why I can connect and how I can talk about the trauma responses, why I know about imposter syndrome, because that's had from you know being told I was so bad and awful and so trying to get myself validated through these jobs through these huge jobs and these huge businesses because somehow that would make me okay it didn't you know but that's that's all part of my journey oh I resonate so much with all of this like this is this is beautiful I think it's so cool when you like you know not just me but when you think like you've been doing this very unique journey I think we all feel so alone sometimes or just like it's just me and no one can relate to like my struggles and then you find people that make you feel like you're not alone and that's honestly the purpose of this podcast the good the bad the everything in between finding your community in those moments and really allowing people just to feel like oh my god it's not just me and so thank you so much for sharing that because I, I just really resonate with you um you know I feel like for so long I was just running running going 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 and people could count that as like, quote unquote, impressive, but I had no choice. There was nothing to go back to. You know, it's not something that I'm like looking back now. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. It's like, actually, that was just trauma. You know, like I had to deal with things and my only out was to be successful. And I feel the same. Like I just came to a place where I was just like, I'm done running. And I didn't choose that. You know, it's like my body chose that for me. It's like, sweetie, you're done. (laughs) And once you get to that space where you have to stop, it just affects everything, your health, your mental health, your relationships, and ultimately everything that you want to put out in the world. And I think what I had to learn was like, it's okay to change. It's okay to take a detour uh, because ultimately maybe it's not a detour. Maybe it's exactly how it was supposed to happen. And doing your best to find some sort of solace in that oh totally totally I mean for me the biggest sort of unwinding probably of my life has been from being in that situation of violence was was putting armor on and then you know obviously like they have a field day with me now I now understand why I'm in an environment for work it was very conflicty like I was reliving my wounds every day but you know I was in that environment and the way that I learned to survive was just armoring up you know, just let, just no emotion, none. Like you, would, I would never show any emotion at work. Like I, it, I was just really held it in together because I wanted to kind of be um, left safe, left alone. I didn't want to have conflict. I didn't want to be seen as weak. You know, I didn't want to, you know, I want, I was told to do all these things. And I was like, right, well, and I'm in the background. My backstory is I'm running, running, running. I'm surviving, I'm surviving. I'm going to get myself out of danger the whole time. You know, if I can get myself secure enough get the big and keep getting every year you know I'll be secure enough I'll be safe I'll finally be safe and that's when I can relax so for me that was pushing me through the whole thing but the biggest piece of work for me was starting to remove that armor and to myself and even be able to be vulnerable like the conversations with friends where I would not show up fully because I just didn't even know how to begin to verbalize what was happening inside that the relationships where you know, I would hold back on purpose because I felt like I was, you know, bad and whatever. And how could someone really want to, you know, be with me or, or whatever it might be? And so I would always keep part of myself back because then that was just always mine and I could never really do that again. 
you know, I did all of that. And so the biggest piece of work for me to really, and maybe circling back, why I keep my circle quite small. I'm so vulnerable with everyone now that's in my life. It's important to me. They know everything about me. Like I'm a shame-free vessel, which feels amazing. Truly, you know, there is nothing that, that my friends don't know. Like, the, you know, properly stuff that would be, you know, may, you know, potentially would have caused me a lot of shame in the past. So it's really important for me to have that that group and be able to live my life in that way. But that took a huge amount of time to get myself to even be able to start verbalizing it because I was just running and surviving for so long. Wow, that that's really so beautiful. You know, I think I would just love to know what would you say to someone who's running right now? Like who would love to stop running and doesn't know how to? So I'd say this is resonating. There's there's you and I out there for one. Like so, so just to you know normalizing it so if you and I are speaking about this and one other person is hearing this then just know that it's it's genuinely not just you and there are so many people and I see that in all of my clients and if that is what's happening to you it's really important to start finding places of safety and that doesn't mean that you have to like instantly leave your job and your career but what are some things you can do to start stabilizing your ship you know is it that some of the people in your life are triggering that more is it that you need to be putting in bigger blocks of time to start regulating your nervous system? Is it time to go and maybe speak to somebody and just talk about unpacking some of this safely and just understanding what's behind it? I'm still really driven. I know you are. Like I'm so driven. I still very, very hard. Like I have an insane work ethic and I love it. I, I get, you know, I had a week off with the girls about a month ago and it was awesome and we're having a great time. Uh, but there was part of me that was like, I can't wait to get back. Not around the edges person. Like I want to be in stuff, you know, so and I want to be creating and, and doing something. So that doesn't necessarily leave you, but I'm just not pouring it into places or rather having people or places pour into me that just, just don't tolerate my system anymore. And again, coming back to if somebody's hearing this about running, like where are some places that you do naturally find peace and spend more time there? Like what are, what are people or places give you that sensation of peace and absolutely hearing this with us is making them feel seen like there's a lot of us out there literally so true okay so like the last thing you said uh about finding somewhere that makes you happy and brings yeah. you peace is so important and i like i feel like i overcomplicate most things in my life and i've been learning to uncomplicate them and finding peace in small things and so you know for me like if that place sometimes is a movie theater. I go see a movie. That place is the ocean. Uh, I love the ocean. I'm a Pisces. Uh, and I think a morning walk by the water brings me so much peace more than anything else. I could not tell you why. I'm like a literal different person. I could wake up in a very bad mood and I go for a walk by the water for like an hour. And I'm like, okay, I can do this day with a smile on my face. And I don't know why, but it's like I have learned that I don't need to find some extravagant thing to go find peace or whatever. You know, it used to be like travel for me and it still is, but I don't have the luxury of traveling all the time because I have a job, a real life and a dog. Um, and so having places in the day-to-day -day where you could find little pieces of peace to get you through life is so important. And finding out what that is for you is crucial. I think generally speaking, like the things you're naming and, you know, I think most of the things that bring us the most peace are simple. Generally speaking, it's connecting with a friend, 
having a coffee, you know, going for a walk. Like if I think about some, I've had some, you know, doing some fun stuff and that's fun and activating, but it's not necessarily things that bring me the peace. It's like having a cuddle with my daughter and watching a movie, you know, in like her pajamas or something. That's peace, you know, like, yeah, exactly. I was away last week being in the most beautiful water with one of my friends and just sitting on a beach on a, you know, nothing fancy. Just that is just the biggest disconnect for me. And, you know, looking at the stars sometimes, like anything like that, I don't think the things that bring us peace are necessarily, again, I've got to have all the conditions are perfect. I've got to have the candles lit and this and this and this and this. You know, that's not necessarily what's going to bring you peace. It's just being really vulnerable, which I think means really being really honest with yourself. And I think maybe it's getting a little bit older and having also gone through a burnout. I'm quite weird. I like lots of weird stuff. I know that I need different things to to make me feel whole. Like I am the sum of many different parts. Like I'll geek out on some leadership thing. Like, you know, I want to have crazy, amazing sex. Like I want to do, you know, I want to hang out with my mate on Instagram. You know, I want to spend time with my kids. Like I, I need to do different things to feel, I need time on my own. I need to exercise. Like I need to do lots of different things to feel like myself. And so again, like just know, you know, someone that's creative as well and anyone listening to this, you're likely the sum of a number of different parts. And probably like some of those might be a little bit weird, like embrace yeah. that. That that brings me peace. I love that. And I, and again, I think it comes back to what we said at the beginning, knowing yourself, like that is such a forever journey. And I think I've made the mistake often of saying like, oh, I know myself so well. And it's like, I know myself in specific verticals of life. Well, you never fully know yourself. And so like when I came back from filming the show, I had like this like really crazy feeling of like, I don't know who I am anymore. And it's the first time in my life that's ever happened. And almost two years later now, I'm like, but you never will know. It's con- it's a constant journey. You're constantly evolving and that's beautiful. Like it doesn't and shouldn't add extra stress. It should actually alleviate stress, you know? So like, you're going to be so different. I'm like so different than I was a year ago. And that's a good thing. I'm so different than I was 48 hours ago. And that's a good thing. It's okay. You're never going to fully know yourself. And so I think, you know, and so I think, you know, when I say like creating from a place of knowing yourself, I think it's really just that knowing that you're never going to fully understand but living authentically for who you are in this moment and, the, and then producing from that space, the sky is totally the limit and you're going to reach who you need to reach. And don't worry about trying to be someone else online. I feel like people don't know how to use trends. Like they're just copying people in order to hopefully get their engagement up. And it's like, stick to you. That's beautiful. That's more than enough. Learn from other people, get inspiration, but like shine through that. And so spending time getting to know yourself is so important as a content creator. I don't know if I have a bigger piece of advice than just getting to know you. What do you have to offer the world? What do you have to offer yourself? How do you see things? What is your perspective? Why are you the reason that someone wants to like or comment or save or like smile today and you won't you will be the reason you'll be the reason for so many people and like that is the beauty of social media i love what you've just said i think what you just said is so important i just want to hold it up for a minute because i just know there are so many people that on are where you were from the show and just don't know themselves i know myself when i was you know because i'd hid myself so and frankly really well i've done a great job of hiding myself i imagine the same because suddenly come out and you've got to cope all these people and the, you know this energy and so like I just think what you've said about accepting kind of yourself as you are in this moment and knowing that you have changed and you're probably going to change again and that that's okay and you'll adapt and like reach 
calibrate according to what's happening. And I remember seeing something from Adam Grant, and he said um, that you should look back at yourself like a year ago, saying, "Go, oh my God, I can't believe I charged a client for that session. I only right." You should you should look at that because it shows that you've got a great mindset. It shows that you are developing yourself. It shows that you're moving on. Because if I was delivering the same kind of content, if I was delivering the same sort of um, tools to clients workshops if I were it just shows I'm not learning anything new developing myself or bringing the best like he said you should look back and cringe 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 like yeah I mean you don't have to have an HBO show to do it I do uh it's great to look back I'm like terrifying why do I sound like this oh my god like I'm gonna have kids one day they're gonna be like oh my god my mother uh <laughs> you know so it's so cool to have honestly like that and also everyone like having an Instagram to see how far you've come you know, even when I'm frustrated, like a couple of days ago, I was like, nothing is going the way I think it should be going. And then I just like went through my emails and I'm like, dude, you landed every major artist and every major influencer that you wanted. And you're only 31 years old. What are you mad about? And I'm like, damn, like I've done things that I am proud of. Or like, oh my gosh, I don't just like, oh my, or like, oh my gosh, I communicate so much better with the people that I love now, or, oh my gosh, I'm not so taken by like having this particular lifestyle anymore. Like I actually don't really give a shit about that. I really just want to do X, Y, Z. That would bring me happiness. It's just so cool. <laughs> you know, looking back on like a post you did a year ago, you're like, oh, wow. Uh, that was awful. <laughs> like, why did I use that disgusting filter? Like, look at me now. Oh my God. Clean aesthetic. Praise God. You know? So, I mean, it's so great to look back. If you're not doing that, you're not growing. And it's a good way of just letting go of what's happened and going, oh, because you've learned this now. I've learned this technique. I've learned this skill. I've read this book. I've brought this thing in. Like, you should look back a year ago and be like, ooh, cringe. That's what I try to do. Like, now when I'm, like, feeling down on myself, it's like, go back. Scroll in your mind, like, in your photos, in your past experiences uh, with the people that you love, I think, is, is a really good thing to do uh, more than just your successes, but actual moments that brought you joy outside of success. Um, and see how far you've come as a person, how your life has grown with people, um, how you've grown to serve people more, you know? I think that is something we're constantly doing. And it's so cool to look back and be like, I have done hard things before and life is so much better than I thought it was going to be at that moment when that hard thing happened. And it's going to get better. And ultimately, that's what we're saying. Like, guys, like, it gets better. Don't quit. Even if it feels like today is the worst day of your entire existence and it could possibly not get better. It will. Life is seasons, it's hills and it's valleys. And that is just the process of being a human being. And it's a beautiful, hard one, but it's so worth it. It's really important, the point that you make, though, because that is the only way to like cope with the inner critic you know, the negative self-talk is you have to go back and, if you like, provide it with a dossier of evidence of the times that things did go well, you know, because it's in your head going, well, you're pitching a big client or something or, you know, something coming up and it's like, oh, no, you know, you won't get this or, or you're not doing well, Ash, actually, like compare yourself to this, whatever it might be that's like going on, usually on a Sunday night. You know, and it's like it's going off in the head. One of the best ways to get it to go back into its box is go, ho, 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 hang on. Because look at this client, look at this win, look at this, look at exactly that, look at this trajectory, look at what we've done. And you'll feel it. You'll feel it coming down and going, oh, you're right. Okay, you're right. You do, And that's another thing. Like people don't celebrate. And I think maybe when you work for yourself as well, because we're always in the move and on the go, we do need to take time to celebrate 
wins you know things that you've done things are really good and wins doesn't have to mean it's a post with the most likes like there's a post that I wrote I wrote a story about shame it's probably got some of the least likes of any post I've ever done I'm so proud of that it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever written and it's and like it's, and people will keep finding it and it will get reused and I will bang on about it forever but like I'm so proud of that post what an incredible perspective I love that if I need to look back at something it's like yeah you know that that to me is something I'm deeply deeply proud of and it's created for obviously, you know, past experiences of my own. And I, I put it out there and created something, I've woven it into into gold, you know, and I'm so proud of myself and my journey in that. It doesn't matter, I didn't get likes. Like that was something more for me. So celebrating things like that, again, I think are, are just really important. And it's just reminding that little inner critic if it's going off. No, 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 no. We've done, we've done these things, done these things. You can calm down. We're safe. We're safe. We're safe. We're safe. We're good. And now we can go out and create. I love it. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Guys, follow her, stalk her on Instagram, like everything, post it, share it with your friends. It's really, really good. Uh, and I mean that sincerely. Um, is there anything else you want to share? I want to say, I want to say a huge thank you to you. And I just would like everyone from this to celebrate their successes more and maybe tag me and you with some successes. Let's cheer each other on a bit. Well, I would love people to come to my Instagram. We've mentioned a few times how we met. So it's obviously the best place to meet people, which is at Annalie Howling. And that's probably my biggest platform. I share a lot about burnout. I'm about to start a subscribers area on there as well. So I'm going to share a lot more answer questions live. I'm actually going to share more of myself talking about how do I keep boundaries I am going to share a bit more of myself. Things that I do to help manage myself, my energy, more behind the scenes, actually creating a lot more behind the scenes about how I create, how I manage that, um, where things come from, things that I read, uh, people I work with, people that I know, maybe some more of my celebrity clients, things like that. So that's going to come through subscribers. I have got TikTok, which is at Annalie Howling, and then YouTube is the newest platform. Just launched that. Would love people to jump over there. That's Annalie Howling is the channel, and that's actually a lot more again, me giving away sort of longer form just so that people can feel seen. I don't think people should pay for everything. I think that there are some things, again, that if I can distill some of these lessons that maybe I've learned the hard way or whatever, you know, if I can package some of this into a, an educational place for people, I want to do that. Like that's important to me. So that's what YouTube is, uh, is growing right now as well. Let's go. I love it. Less negative comparing. Yes, we're celebrating ourselves because the more you celebrate yourself, the more people will also celebrate you. And I feel like that is the circle that's always going. I'm able to celebrate me more because I'm able to celebrate life more. So celebrate the small wins, celebrate your people, celebrate your community, celebrate the medium wins, the big ones. Don't wait for big, amazing things to happen to be happy. Life is full of small, very small, sometimes beautiful moments that will change everything, your perspective. Um, and so live for those. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I cannot wait to catch you next time. Annalie, you're a boss. Thank you so much for joining us. Be well, guys.